if I think about the way that I'm going now, I can see what I'm going to be doing five years from now. And I didn't like the fact that my life was predictable like that. Hello and welcome to Subversive. I'm your host, Callie Green. This podcast is dedicated to disrupting the status quo within systems surrounding power, money, and culture. We're brought to you courtesy of the future of customer engagement and experience. So with that out of the way, let's get started. I'm going to begin this episode by sharing my great disdain for the phrase, bloom where you are planted. Because sometimes we're planted in the wrong place and there is no blooming to be done. And other times, circumstances force us to move before we even have the chance to bloom in the ways that we had hoped. And the pandemic has put a magnifying glass on all of it. According to Fortune.com, one in three U.S. workers changed or lost jobs in the first year of the pandemic. One in three. And this past year, both Forbes and CNBC reported that at least 50% of workers still want to change careers and reimagine what it means to work. So there are several themes and words that are likely to come up over the course of these episodes. Two of those words are privilege and empower. Many of the things my guests and I will discuss are in the hope of not just dismantling broken systems, but also to empower anyone listening to know that you too are capable of being on team destruction. (laughs) And even as I say that, Most of us you will hear from are aware of the privilege we have in being able to make certain choices and navigate through life in certain ways. Today's guest, for example, is Brenda Castaneda, an astrologer and fashion designer who, much like myself, chose to give up everything and relocate to Mexico. For Brenda, it was in part a decision to shake things up and not have her life be so predictable. For me, it was definitely to escape New York winter and paying New York rent during an ongoing global health crisis. And for us both, it's been a journey in taking risks and figuring out not just who we wanted to be, but where we belonged for however long or short a period of time it would be. So to be as subversive as possible, I asked an astrologer to give me a bit of guidance about knowing when to move and when to stand still, whether at my highest point or my lowest. Welcome to Subversive Episode 1, featuring my guest, Brenda Castaneda. Hello, Brenda. Thank you for joining me today on Subversive. How are you doing today? Hi. I am great. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we have to shout out my friend, April Rain, who tweeted when I was in search of specifically a Latinx woman who does astrology. And your follower, Anna Maria, Anna Maria, who tagged you in the post, and then you immediately responded, and here we are. And I am incredibly grateful for that because what I wanted to do with this episode was something a little outside the box and not the norm. Yeah. (laughs) So I am going to be vulnerable here and have a very public astrology reading from you, and I can't wait for it. But before we get to that, I want to talk about you. And if you wouldn't mind telling us who you are, what you do, and why you do it. So 
I am Brenda. I am currently a full-time counseling astrologer and also a fashion designer. I was a fashion designer in LA for like 12 years. And then I found astrology, fell in love. I was, you know, as everyone does, going through a very hard time in life. And then I stumbled upon astrology. I stumbled upon my birth chart and my life completely changed from that point on. And that's kind of one of the main reasons that I decided to go into counseling because I immediately got into tune with like my emotions and my patterns and the way I work. And a lot of people need to know this, like people need to know what astrology is. And I really wanted to have it digestible for people that are just living normal lives that are just living, you know, their day to day and give a little bit of guidance and support in that way. That's amazing. For people who don't ascribe to astrology, who don't believe in it, respect, you know, to each their own. But for those of us who can recognize some validity and patterns in the ways things align in our lives. It's like, that's, I mean, sure, it could be a coincidence, but it, it's happening often enough that I think I need to attribute it to something else. Yeah. And so at this point is typically when I would tell the guest what I believe is the most subversive thing they've ever done. But as we just met about three days ago. <laughs> I don't have a very broad range of things. So I think I will say that just in conversation with you, what I believe the most subversive thing you have ever done is the fact that you left LA, left fashion design and uprooted yourself and moved to Mexico, which is definitely going against the standard and typical thing that people do. Yeah. What was it that called to you? You know what? This is what I need to do. And now is the time that I need to do it. It was definitely a lot of little things, but mainly just the life that I had been living. And I realized that, you know, if I think about the way that I'm going now, I can see what I'm going to be doing five years from now. And I didn't like the fact that my life was predictable like that. I just, I didn't really enjoy that. So that was kind of the tipping point for me. And also dating in LA is very hard. I was just kind of going like back to back, you know, I'm a very sensitive person and I was just like, I can't handle this anymore. I need like fresh faces. And I actually used astrology to help me move to a specific place using astrocartography. Yes. I specifically chose, you know, PV because it was giving me the energy that I needed. And so, yeah, I was just kind of in LA. And again, I was in a box. It was a nice box, but it was still a box. <laughs> and so life, just, yeah, life just became repetitive. And I like not knowing what I'm going to do tomorrow. Like, I like that. <laughs> okay. So all of that being said, with me thinking that's the most subversive thing you've done. I'm curious to know what you believe is the most subversive thing you've ever done. I think it definitely stepping into my role of being a astrologer and like leaving, you know, the typical nine to five job and 
that whole cycle of life that I essentially like wasn't happy with. And then really just becoming one with like my roots and acknowledging that I am part Mexican, I am American, but like, ultimately, like my soul is here in Mexico. So I definitely like tapping into that and kind of saying no to the what most people would consider a traditional life. Yeah, you go to work. Get married? Do you have kids? That kind of thing. <laughs> yes. Good for you. Good for you. I would hope someone who's listening to us talk right now would take away is that it's okay and sometimes incredibly necessary to step outside of what is comfortable and to go against what is expected of you to tune out the noise of family or friends or partners or whomever it is that is trying to keep you in a place where they recognize you mm-hmm. and go to what really feels good for you. And so yes to all of that. Yes. <laughs> all right. I've been putting it off. It's time. So go about this how you normally would, because a thing that I do hope comes from this is that all of my guests end up seeing an uptick in whether it's followers or business, just it, it would be awesome if the gift that I could give you beyond the gifts that I'm giving everyone is for there to be more awareness around what you do. So how would you typically start a reading with someone? And then we'll go. Okay. Well, I typically start with looking at the first house. So the first house is you. It's all about who you are. And I see that you're a... Scorpio rising, which I'm sure you know. (laughs) I absolutely love Scorpio risings. They tend to be very engaging. They're very engaging people. Mars, while yes, Mars is a very go-getter type of, this is the planet that rules you. Typically, these people are a little bit more like behind the scenes direct, not so much in front, but honestly, your chart just fascinates me. <laughs> awesome. Let me make more sense to myself. Please. Yeah. Please. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always start with the first house because again, the first house is all about you. And you being a Scorpio rising, you're ruled by Mars. And you're Mars. So then I look at where Mars is at in your chart. Mars is in the ninth house of travel. So, so much of your life is surrounded by travel and kind of, you know, intellectual pursuits and just broadening of the mind, which I absolutely love. But basically, this Mars likes to care about people. It it really is. And I really do like that it's in the ninth house. One of the first things that I do see is that you do have Uranus really close to your north node in your first house. So this actually brings in like a rebellious type of nature. Like you're here to break norms. You're here to break something. <laughs> maybe to create and host a podcast called Subversive. Yeah, maybe, maybe that. <laughs> yeah, really on point with that. And that's the one thing I love about astrology is like, even if you don't quote unquote believe in it, it's still working. It's still doing its thing. So you're that breaker of illusions. <laughs> 
I do see that you have some Pisces placements and some very a lot of water in your chart. So yes, it's like fire and water only. Yeah, since I do see that you do have a lot of water in your chart, you can again overgive. You can like give too much of yourself and maybe not receive that in return. And I love that you said that just because boundary setting feels like an ongoing theme in my life. And it's nice to know that I can partially blame that on all of the water in my chart. Because I tend very much to give more than I receive just because I like how it makes the other person feel. It makes someone else happy, which then makes me happy. But then when it's not reciprocated, I'm like, oh. (laughs) So what's next? The second house. So the second house is, I I like to call it the self-esteem house. But when I see this, I kind of see like you just have so much love to give. And that talking to lots of people in a podcast and giving that like love to guests and things like that is some place that's like healthy to like give, you know, because it's it's a mutual thing. Also, it gives somebody who has like multiple types of income that are strange. Like it's not your average, like, again, just looking at your charge, I'm like, this person does not want to work in an office. (laughs) I liked having someone else help pay for health insurance at the end of the day, not for me. No. (laughs) Yeah. There, cause again, it's your moon is in Sagittarius and Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. So there needs to be freedom here freedom to do and to move around a lot like there's like there's kind of like a boredom that like lives in you if you're sitting still for too long that is so accurate (laughs) let me just tell you okay you're blowing my mind just a tiny bit so (laughs) the reason I am recording 20 episodes of this podcast in about two and a half weeks is because I'm traveling so Again, so nice to know this is a thing that is explained in my chart. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, definitely with that Sagittarius moon. Like, I'm a Sagittarius rising. I know that wonderless feeling. Like, there's times where I'm like, I'm traveling for an entire month. I don't care if I'm tired, whatever. I need to do this. Yeah, yeah there's a constant move. And the thing is that, like, it's so revitalizing for your emotions, for your emotional life. Because it is so rich. It's in a fire sign, so it's very expressive. It needs to express itself. If you sit for too long, you get antsy. You're just like, I need to leave. I I need to escape. There's like a flightiness in you that just needs to go. So that's the one thing I do love about having the moon in Sagittarius. So we're up to five? Yeah. The fifth house is like the creative like part of you. It's the fun house. It's the pleasure house. But this also brings in like a lot of creativity to just who you naturally are. Then we go on to the sixth house. The sixth house has to do all about like our day to day. You're an Aries sun, which I absolutely love because the sun does great in the sign of Aries. It's very comfortable. It's very comfortable being itself. And then you have Jupiter here too, which adds on to like a bigger personality. It makes the sun bigger. So I'm not sure if like, if you've ever like rubbed anybody like the wrong way, just by being yourself, it's usually because (laughs) you're just comfortable who you are. (laughs) 
every day of the week that ends with Y. Yes. <laughs> also, too, tying into that, like you're a Mars, like Mars people just kind of like agitate other people, but it's usually because they're not comfortable with themselves and they see you being comfortable and it kind of like angers them a little bit. The Jupiter part, like, is just an inherent part of, like, who you are and who you identify with. So your beliefs are something that are really important. I mean, you know, they're important for everybody, but for you specifically, because it's kind of like what keeps your vitality, like, high. But yeah, let's move on to the seventh house of relationships that everyone just loves. (laughs) So your seventh house is ruled by Venus, That sounds like it should be a good thing. This describes our partners. So this is somebody that's an artist. This is somebody that can work in media. If you've ever been the type of person that wants to have some sort of creative venture with your partner, this is a really good placement for that. Like having some sort of project together. I mean, the fifth house also rules babies, but it could be a creative baby or it can be an actual baby. Yeah, it will be a creative baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it will be a creative baby. (laughs) Please continue. So now that we're going to talk about the eighth house, your eighth house is ruled by Gemini. So it's ruled by Mercury. The eighth house is all about like collaboration with other people. It's, It's again, you and another person bringing resources together. My least favorite. Mercury retrogrades are going to hit a little bit more for you. Okay. Okay. Please go on. Then we get into the 10th house of career. The 10th house is basically all about like how people view us in the public space. So it is tied into our career. And your 10th house is ruled by Leo. So basically it's the sun. So it's very, again, just naturally like you're just a naturally like person that like shines and maybe you've been put in like a lot of leadership positions and that kind of thing so there's a lot of like stepping up that you've just naturally done that you just again it's just part of like your your nature now there's kind of like a a mindfulness here of like a message that you need to tell other people of taking care of themselves health-wise, mental health, that there's something like that. (laughs) I'm going to send you the link to my Instagram so that you can see how often I am ranting about how we need to be our own best advocates in our mental and physical health on a regular basis. Yeah. So then we go into the final house of astrology, the 12th house. This is where we come undone. This is kind of like a tough house, but it's a house that's like necessary as part of life. And you have your 12th house ruled by Venus. And again, since I did mention the 12th house being part of losses, that Venus, there's a lot of loss when it comes to love. Is there a remedy for this? (laughs) I'm going to read you a thing very quickly that I literally just shared on Instagram because I was, you know, taking a little break and it spoke to me so deeply. And it's from We The Urban. It's one of the accounts that I I really love. And it says, you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be loved how you want to be loved. You deserve to be loved how you give love. You deserve to be loved with no endings in mind. You deserve to be loved inexplicably. You deserve to be loved even as you're healing. You deserve to be loved with no uncertainty. 
You deserve to be loved for all that you are. You deserve to be loved, flaws and all. You deserve better than half-assed love. Don't settle for less. I saw that same post. I know the post that you're talking about. The first part of it said, like, if you haven't heard this today or something like that, and like you scroll through it. Yeah. And I love, absolutely love where it says you deserve to be loved even while you're healing. I think that is something that like we really need to hear because I was so set on for the longest time of like, I need to heal. I need to heal. I need to heal. But it's like so much of the wounds that we get are through relationships you can only heal them in a relationship. My therapist says that all the time. <laughs> and the thing is that like, we're constantly healing, healing something we're going to do for the rest of our lives, you know? Like, right. Absolutely love that post. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Everyone should read it. That's so good. Wow. Okay. So was there anything more? I did want to mention that during this year, there's going to be like a career growth happening for you starting in July for like a long time. It's going to be like a process, but like that's when like there's a certain transit that you're going to be going through that's going to trigger this. And you're essentially starting somewhat of a new path. And like that is going to just be like a really long trajectory of career change and that kind of thing, because it's going to be activating your 10th house. But in a good way. Yes, it's it's a good thing because it's in Leo, it's ruled by the sun, it's a shining thing, but essentially like your 10th house is kind of going through this, like the really long growth phase. So like your career and stuff like that is just really kind of taking off in a direction that's just more so like for you and like what you really want. It's going to be a process, but essentially like you're going to look back like five years from now, you're going to be like, whoa, like where did I even, how did I even end up here? Like, what is this career wise, which I actually like, I'm really interested to see how this turns out. <laughs> That's exciting. That's really exciting. <laughs> Amazing. So what you're saying from what I hear about my chart is that career wise, talking to people for a living is probably a good thing for me to do. Yes. This is wild. This is so wild. I have so much homework to do. I can't wait to listen back to this. I can't wait to book more sessions with you. I I can't wait to visit you so I can hug you in person for helping to affirm so many things about myself that have felt innate, but also a bit odd Mm -hmm. because they're not like the norms that I'm seeing in in other people. And so it's, it's nice to know that I'm wired this way. Oh my gosh, you are amazing. (laughs) We only went through the houses and we didn't even go deep into the houses. Yeah. No pun intended. There's so many other aspects that we go into, but (laughs) it feels really good to hear I'm on the right track. Yeah. And you know, that's the thing that I like love about astrology, because it just reaffirms what we already know. And sometimes we do need like outside kind of validation that tells us like, it's okay to be who you are. It's okay to have these two sides that like, don't necessarily mix, you know, and I really, really do love that. Like it resonated with you. (laughs) Brenda, I thank you so much for all of this. I'm just super grateful. So thank you for being subversive with me. 
This is amazing. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> and to April and Anna for facilitating just magic as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely magic. So that is a wrap on this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. We will put all of Brenda's information in the show notes and have a great rest of your day or evening, wherever you are in the world. Sitting back and thinking about that conversation with Brenda, I am amazed by how she was able to call out so much of my personality, who I am now and who I've always been independent. I can't sit still for too long. I love to travel, being a lover and a giver, sometimes to my own detriment, not wanting to be told what to do, and being genuinely at my core subversive. Which leads me to, if you have not listened to the intro episode of the podcast, please do so that you can learn just how subversive got its name. Thank you so much again, Brenda, for that conversation and those insights. And we'll be sure to put it in our show notes, but please follow Brenda on social media and maybe see how you can get some astrological counseling for yourself. Subversive is written, produced, and co-edited by Callie Green, predominantly edited by associate producer Adam Ross. Our resident mental health expert is Tracy Treacy, and our music supervisor is Samora Pinderhughes, who composed the music you are hearing right now. We can't wait to join you back here soon, but until then, you can find me on Twitter at Callie Green. Thanks for listening. <laughs>